Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three and author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. I'm also the lead teacher, blogger, and owner of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast devoted to healthy family cooking with traditional methods like sourdough and old-fashioned pickling. These foods are easy, delicious, healing, and your family will love them. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free gift for you. Five free traditional cooking videos from inside Traditional Cooking School that will introduce you to my favorite fundamental techniques of traditional cooking. To start watching today, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash watch. And now, let's get to today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I am thrilled to be coming to you on Facebook Live to do a live recording of my podcast. And I've had some glitches, so this is actually try number three. Really quick, if you'll be patient with me, I'm going to start this on Periscope so our Periscope followers can follow along too. Hey there, everyone. You're joining me for a live recording of Know Your Food with Wardy. If you were here for try number two or try number one, by the way, this is try number three, there was a sign right there and it fell down. <laughs> and it needs like the, the sticky thing that makes it stay there needs like an hour. So there just isn't an hour to put my sign back up there. So uh, it's not there. It said at Trad Cook School, which is my handle on social media. Anyway, welcome to all of you. So I'm balancing two cameras, one to Periscope and one to Facebook Live. And you're joining me for a live broadcast of Know Your Food Before You podcast. But this, of course, will be a podcast in a week or so that you can listen to on um, iTunes. Okay, more glitches. Uh, make sure I turn off this device. No idea how. It should not be beeping at me. Um, this is just not my day. Uh, I'm not sure which button it is, so if it goes off, I'm sorry. I'm not on it, though. All right, so here we go. I'm Wardy with Traditional Cooking School, and every Friday I put out a podcast, Know Your Food with Wardy, sometime the week before I record it. That's what you're joining me for. So if you're live, hello. It's great to see you on Periscope and Facebook. If there are any issues with sound or whatnot, would you please let me know? Um, but I think we are now outputting sound, so praise the Lord. If you're on Facebook, Periscope, and you want to go over to Facebook Live, there's going to be some photos that come up on the screen. It's going to be a little more interactive. So tradcookschool.com slash Facebook will get you to the page and just look for the video at the top. So if you're able, you can switch. If you're not with me live, no big deal. This is going to be a podcast for you. If you're listening in your earbuds, there's going to be a video embedded at the show notes. Uh, Friday, July 15th, you'll find that at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 170. So today we've got a really fun topic, and I'm glad because um, this has been <laughs> hard to get going today with what I've been trying to do on Facebook Live. So I'm really glad it's going to be fun because, you know what, it's just going to be fun information for us to talk about whether or not it all works like I planned. So it's our top 12 reasons you might be a traditional, traditional foodie. And... Um, you are going to have reasons of your own, and I really want to hear from you. So you can post in the comments at Periscope, Facebook Live, or at the show notes when those are live at uh, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 170. So here's how this works. I'm going to explain really quick what traditional cooking is for those of you that are new, um, and that's what traditional cooking school is all about. Well, traditional cooking is the kind of cooking that people did with whole foods uh, back before the food industry. 
Um, it's slow methods that made foods more nutritious and digestible, like culturing our own dairy, old-fashioned pickling, sourdough, using ancient grains, a diet that's full of broth and healthy fats, lots of fruits and vegetables, not processed foods, not factory farm meats. Uh, so it's kind of like completely different than most of the cooking that's out there today. And don't let that overwhelm you because it's actually not hard. Um, and it's a very beautiful process, and you can learn a lot about it at traditionalcookingschool.com. I invite you to do that. I actually have a free video series for you. Tradcookschool.com slash watch will introduce you to my favorite principle or fundamental techniques of traditional cooking. It's a set of free videos that are actually part of our paid uh, class, Fundamentals, that you can have for free. Tradcookschool.com slash watch if you haven't already checked those out. So traditional foodies, let's just take a roll call here. I can see Periscope, I can't necessarily see Facebook Live at the moment, but roll call, you can put a thumbs up, you can put a plus sign in the comments. If you're on Periscope, you can tap the screen and share hearts. Who here counts themselves to be a traditional foodie? So I'm seeing lots of hearts on Periscope, great. And yeah, my daughter's giving the thumbs up. Good for you, sweetie. <laughs> cool, and I know that on Facebook Live, we've got a whole bunch more. Not to leave anybody of you out. If you're watching on YouTube or at the show notes later, you can leave a comment and give a plus sign or a thumbs up. Lynn is saying working on it. Good for you, Lynn. All right, so ready to get into these 12 reasons you might be a traditional foodie? I want you to know that these reasons come from members of traditional cooking school. Now, some of them are mine, but a while back, one of our members who prefers not to be named, in fact, it may have been a year ago, she started a thread in our private Facebook group, and she shared a bunch of reasons you might have a working kitchen, she called it. I renamed it to be you might be a traditional foodie, but the idea is the same. It's these things that tend to happen in our kind of lifestyle, that if you walked into our kitchen, you'd probably be able to tell we're traditional foodies or slash we have a working kitchen. So she started this thread and all kinds of our members chimed in with their reasons. I chimed in with a bunch of my own. And what I've done for today's podcast is I've taken the 12 that I think are the most representative and or the funniest um, about traditional foodies. So that's the backstory on this and where I'm able to give credit, I will. Um, a lot of these reasons are gonna come from the member who began the thread in the first place who prefers not to be named, uh, but you'll see some other names as well. Okay, so ready for number one. Da -da -da -da. Oops, need to turn that off, turn that on. All right, number one, it's all about juggling. This comes from Amy D. She says, it's just generally a constant juggling of stuff. Rotating gallon kombucha jars around by date and second ferments of kombucha and making sure all of my ferments are properly spaced apart. Thanks, Amy. You are totally right. It is generally a juggling act. What goes where and what stage is this ferment in and what do I need to move on? And of course, keeping them all properly spaced apart. So yeah, if you feel like you're juggling, all your ferments and the things you're making, you might be a traditional foodie. So uh, hearts, thumbs up in the comments. Who here agrees with Amy um, is, is juggling a whole bunch of stuff. I see lots of hearts on Periscope. All right, so ready for number two. This is reason number two. You might be a traditional foodie. It's all about the fridge. Now this 
Um, this picture is from Lynn, who's a member of Traditional Cooking School, and it's very appropriate um, to share this reason number two. And actually, Lynn is not the author of reason number two, but I'm putting her picture together with reason number two's author, who is our member who shall remain nameless. So, the fridge has more mason jars than any other type of container. She adds to this uh, because it has to do with jars. We love jars. Um, you're really glad your husband baked up that old gift of cookies in a jar, the one with all the ingredients layered in, not because you want the cookies, but because all your other jars are being used, and this new jar means you can try something new from our fermenting course. And bonus, it's a wide mouth. <laughs> I'm seeing in the comments definitely and lots of hearts and thumbs up, so that means you all agree that your fridge is mostly full of jars. Ours definitely is, especially when <laughs> we've got ascending chocolate hearts, yum. Um, in our house, it's especially full of jars on uh, milk delivery day. We participate in a raw milk herd share here in Oregon, and so we pick up, depending on you know the needs of that week, six to eight gallons. And, and they're in half-gallon jars, so it takes up nearly the entire top shelf of the fridge. And at the same, on the same day, I'm using the, the last of last week's milk to turn into quart jars of yogurt. And so um, we may have, so then the following day, I'm moving that yogurt to the fridge. So we may have all these gallon jars on the top shelf and all the like 12 to 14 quarts of yogurt on the bottom shelf. And then you have all the different ferments and things. Anyway, it is quite a juggling act, and number two, quite a lot of jars. Okay, moving on to number three. It's all about the deep freeze. Your deep freeze, and this picture is not representative, but your deep freeze is equal parts. Number one, food that has been prepared. So this is like jars of stock, leftover turkey and chicken from roasts, baked bread, and about four dozen sourdough English muffins for two people, she says, because you're gonna figure out that recipe if it kills you. So that's part number one that's in your deep freeze, food that has been prepared. Part number two that's in your deep freeze is food that's waiting to be prepared. So this is fruit from the summer or meat from the local farmer. And then part three of the stuff that is in your deep freeze is just weird stuff that cooks hold on to. And this is so true. Ziploc baggies with frozen apple cores. So you're gonna try making your own apple cider vinegar, or maybe it's apple parts because you're gonna try doing your own pectin. Um, you might have cubed broth, tomato paste, lemon and orange juices for smaller volume cooking. You'd have rolled up wrappers of frozen herbs and herb butter, and of course, you have all the bones from the roast turkey and the roast chickens that you do because you cannot toss them. You might not be making stock right now, so you tuck them away in the freezer. Isn't that appropriate? Let me know in the comments if you resonate with that, that your deep freeze is just stuffed full with foods that have been prepared, foods that are waiting to be prepared, and then just weird odds and ends. <laughs> Our freezer definitely, definitely is. Okay, ready for number four. The fourth reason you might be a traditional foodie. This one is all about the dog. <laughs> so, you're taking our sourdough e-course or trying some of our sourdough recipes at traditionalcookingschool.com and while they're easy, sometimes they take trial and error and sometimes you burn things. So you might burn the crackers. Well, the crackers become the dog treat. So they're sitting in the dog treat burn, in the dog treat bowl. So that's how you know you might be a traditional foodie is because you're making your own crackers and occasionally you burn them and they become dog treats. <laughs> okay, number five. 
All these past reasons that I didn't give a name for are a member who shall remain nameless. Number five is from me. You see that stack of cast iron skillets? Well, you might be a traditional foodie if your cast iron skillets never get put away. They take up permanent residence on a back burner of your stove because why put them away when you're gonna use them again? <laughs> we use them every meal, and yes, they could have a place in the cupboard, but they do tend to, tend to stay out most of the time. I do have to say, give credit to my children and I that we do keep them clean. Because <laughs> I guess it could be worse. They could be stacked up and really dirty. Uh, so that's reason number five. I'm getting a yes in the comments. All right, reason <laughs> number six. Hope you guys are resonating with these. So reason number six, this one is from me. Your aloe vera plant on the windowsill functions as a Ziploc bag dryer. So that is my aloe vera plant. It's right on our windowsill, and I know the picture's small. Again, if you're on Facebook Live or you're listening to this in your earbuds, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 170. I said that wrong. If you're on Periscope, go to tradcookschool.com slash Facebook to flip to the Facebook version of this broadcast, or if you're listening later, you go to the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 170, and the video will have this picture. So that is my aloe vera plant, and we use it to dry our Ziploc bags. Number seven, reasons you might be a traditional foodie. <laughs> Cute little boy, huh? All the question marks. That's because this, uh, your family members are trained to ask, can I eat this? Before putting any morsel of food in their mouth, because who knows if it's food for them, or food for a culture, or if it's even a culture itself. They just don't know, so they're always asking mom, can I eat this, mom? You guys feel the same way? You have children who are trained to ask if they can eat it? <laughs> All right, uh, number eight. <laughs> Redeeming homemaking is, is crying with laughter, it looks like. <laughs> All right, reason number eight. Um, this one's from me, your most valuable possessions, meaning you'd grab them on the door out if your house was on fire, um, is your favorite cast iron skillet, your sourdough starter, and a bit of flour to keep it going, and your Vitamix or insert favorite appliance. So honestly, if that was happening to me, that's what I'd grab on the way out. My favorite cast iron, my sourdough starter, and the little bag of flour, and my Vitamix. I mean, if I could. <laughs> We all have our little favorites and traditional foodies. I think cultures and cast iron and like a heavy duty appliance like a Vitamix really top the list, don't they? Let me know if you agree. Number nine. This one is from Chris C. So Chris C, isn't that a cutie? It's not her cutie, I found that picture online. Uh, the dishwasher can't possibly hold all the dirty dishes, so you hand wash also. And a corollary reason here is many of us have our children trained. Trained is a negative, could be a negative word, so let's say our, we, we happily involve our children in the process of the food making, so they love to participate, ideally. Um, so we often have our littles helping out with the dishes. So yes, your dishwasher can't possibly hold all your dirty dishes, so you wash them by hand also, says Chris C. This one is from Chris C as well. You have two deep freezes and you have two refrigerators and you don't know how you lived with just the one for five years. <laughs> and your second fridge holds all your ferments. You got a second fridge just for the ferments. 
Now, I'm actually not not blessed probably like many people to have multiples. I have one fridge and one deep freeze. And if I could, I would have two of each. Um, I honestly don't know how I can live without them, but we do make it from day to day. All right, we've got two more reasons left, reasons you might be a traditional foodie. 11 is all about the weird things. So when, you're, when, when um, things need to get put away in your kitchen, no one knows but you where the weird things live. So even if someone kindly puts all your dishes away for you, you know, steps in, maybe it's your mother-in-law or your, your mom or a friend just sees that they can help you out and they put stuff away, there's always a pile left. And that's the pile where weird things and they just don't have a place. <laughs> that is definitely true for us. Again, that's from Christy. All right. One more, it's our final reason you might be a traditional foodie and it comes from Chris C as well. So, you own four crock pots, but you still want another. <laughs> and today we could insert Instant Pot instead of crock pot. So even if you own four Instant Pots, you might want one more. Actually, a little bit realistically, well, I probably do have three crock pots all told. I'm still with one Instant Pot, but I have one in my Amazon cart. It's been there for two months and I'm just afraid to hit the button. I'm a little, I just wonder, do I really need a second one? Can I make do with one? Because it's a place to store it, but oh my goodness, I'm getting an absolutely on my wish list. Yep, totally. So for you, it might be a crock pot, might be an Instant Pot, could be something else. Could be another cast iron skillet. But that's the thing, we have multiples of these tools that we yet use and love and we wish we had one more, right? So that's reason number 12. I hope that you all enjoyed these top 12 reasons you might be a traditional foodie. I'd love to hear from you. Um, if there's a reason that you come up with, you can share it in the comments at the show notes when they're live on Friday, July 15th. That's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 170. And again, I want to invite you all to join me for a free traditional cooking video series. It's more serious than what we've been talking about today, but it'll introduce you to the fundamental techniques of traditional cooking, my favorite things, and they're really foundational nutritional and prep principles that'll help you um, get more nutrition and better digest the foods you eat, like the grains and beans. Um, and you can get that free set of videos at tradcookschool.com watch. So be sure to stop by and sign up for those today if you haven't already. All right, well, that's a wrap for knowyourfoodpodcast.com, episode 170. And I so appreciate all of you that have been with me live and those who are checking it out later. God bless you and talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you'll come back again. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode and get links and more resources about today's topic. Just visit knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com slash watch to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. It's a gift. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested will find this podcast too. Thank you so much, and God bless you.